Jeremy, you got a poem for us this week? Yes. So as as usual, I have pre- I have prepared. I know it's about to be ridiculous because you already can't even a see poem the for us real quick to wet the whistles and to get us into the mood. This is short and simple. So th- this one was was a sonnet. It was a sonnet Ooh. following the ABAB pattern. Nah, he got the pantameters. Hold up. He got the pantameters <laughs> out here. Titled Misconnection. Something they said ignites some interest, a spark not well yet defined. But I cannot go, I cannot go on. I must sit here and digest. I can't shake this thought from my mind. They've moved on though. Will I miss my chance? Surely if I lose track of time. Quick, I must try to match my mind's dance, follow its footsteps and chimes. Around and around, I mirror its moves, following in pursuit of its strides, sinking with its rhythm and blues. We are in sync, but I become the guide. Reborn, my hand slashes through the air to the top. Unfortunately, the meeting has been called to a stop. Mm, I know what this is about. You didn't you didn't waste the time thinking. Now, you in a meeting and somebody just said something, got your mind wondering. Now you got lost in okay. your thoughts. You okay. your thoughts. And eventually when you figure out what you want to say, too late so you're riding a bus and the person on the- <laughs> and you're thinking about your relationship and you hear someone calls into the radio station about their own relationship asking delilah to give them a little bit of advice you know a little strawberry letter action yes yes you start to resonate with it yourself and you about to be all involved and then finally actually you get to your shop you can't even figure out how it ends. That's how that it's the same thing. Like, you know, you're on this journey and you're thinking, but by the time you've kind of your conclusion, you've missed the stop. Mm. Jeremy, what does this poem mean to you? This poem to me means a misconnection, a mischance to ignite something that's more, or mm. a chance to ask questions. And that's what I'm gonna to do today. See how it all comes in full circle? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Just Us podcast. You got me, your girl, Treasure B. And Danielle SP. And Jeremy. And we're just three experienced designers that want to critique everything that we come across in our everyday blackly black and brown lives. Welcome to our group chat, y'all. So today on the show, we'll be overthinking a bunch of questions that I have gotten or came up with um, over like the last couple of months. So I've kept kept a little notepad of just about random stuff people have asked me so I can throw them back to y'all and see how we all feel about this stuff. They range from like spicy to to like spicy, but about work. So not really spicy um, at all, but I've wrote, I put them down in some topics, so in, in some topic categories. And so we'll start with, well, I thought the categories and then I'll give y'all one of the questions from those categories and then we'll go from there. So the first category is school. The second category is portfolio and branding. 
Third is values. Fourth is being a designer. And fifth is other. Not Jeopardy question style. Okay, SP, which topic area will you be taking for 200? Cool. For 200, Jeremy. Just know for the record that you pick this topic in question so <laughs> you did it to yourself sis. you did it to yourself because i gave you all choices all right <clears throat> the first question is so i'm trying to break into the industry and i know this is all three of y'all have gone or attended design school essentially if you had to do it all over again would you go to school yes or no and why i'll answer this question okay so i would say it largely depends on the individual some are capable of making the right connections and putting themselves in the space where their work is already kind of at a level where people will receive it and open opportunities for you and some mm -hmm. people need to go to school and some people probably like understand everything or have side projects that are similar and could probably like do without that. It really is very individual. Like I would recommend to uh, someone who's wondering if they should go back to school, just talk to somebody who you think understands where you're coming from mm -hmm. like and what you are trying to get out of everything. Because you really have to be very sure of why you want to do certain things if that's what you're considering doing because mm -hmm. honestly you have to sacrifice something many things right so for the for these people that are wondering on the brink of whether whether they should go to school and keep in mind like all three of us decided at one point to go to well get a second degree because we already have first degrees um what are some things that people should look for or like sort of question when they're trying to figure out whether this is the right path for them. And I know, like you said, like it's a very personal choice. What I like guess a lot of factors that go into it, like causing like economics, like, is it worth it? And like all this other stuff, but what would be maybe like one thing that you wish you would have thought about before that you think will be important to consider? I think, Probably the most helpful thing I could have done was to research more about the field and talk to more people about, like people not related to the school, about their mm -hmm. impressions of things. Because I think part of what I was suffering from is not knowing what I don't know. Right. So if you don't really understand the nuance of a new industry, like for me, it was a little bit of a switch. So if you don't understand the nuance of the culture, you may not understand what you're getting and what you're paying for and what you actually need. Like how, you won't be able to make an informed decision because you're yeah. just thinking about like the things that they're trying to sell you on. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, schools are businesses. So they might look appealing. I think it's very key for you to understand um, what is your <laughs> SP backup. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's very key for you to understand what your what your goal is and to be able to do your due diligence in finding the right program for you. I would say that for me, going to going to like uh, getting my second degree. Um, that it, it kind of took me years to figure out if I actually wanted to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And I always recommend people take time in between undergrad and grad school to actually figure out if it's worth spending that extra money because it is a huge financial investment. Um, but also if it's design, I do believe that there are ways that you can teach yourself. Certain things you just have to have the discipline. Right. Where school helps you with that discipline. But if you, so if you don't have that personal discipline, then I will recommend you go to school if it's, if it's mm-hmm. going to take you to where you want to go. I've always heard, like, there's some people that are proponents for going to school right after you're, like, you've wrapped up one degree versus, like, waiting a little bit. And I didn't wait. I went straight from undergrad into our grad program. And I don't know. I don't think I regret it. I think I, like, looking back at it now, I'm just like, I'm glad I didn't have to go through a period where I didn't know what I was, like, doing. At least I was, like, contained in a space of like things. But then I also think if I made the wrong decision, that would be like, if I had to go through that for two years and then like, that wasn't what I wanted to end up doing anyway. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I give that advice is uh, because sometimes when you're coming straight out of undergrad, you, you think like, oh, I don't know what's next. So I'm just going to grad school. That was me. (laughs) That was me. I think I I just I do believe though, Jeremy. You had you had a goal. You had a goal in mind. You said this is what I want to do. So this is how I'm going to get there, and this is going to propel it. But some people just go in thinking like, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm gonna just go to grad school to buy time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the right approach. Hmm. If that is you, if, if that's like something that you're thinking, I I will say reconsider. Um, you know what, Treasure, I can echo that, but I'll speak from the perspective of that person. Like, I don't think I was necessarily trying to buy time. I just felt like this would help show me, like, the direction I'm trying to go. Like, I'm not sure how, but because I did not have enough um, information of what it would require um, or, like, what my, where my strengths were in that area. So I, I it took me a you while. You pay attention to your strength finder, girl. Well, I did, but I didn't see how they apply. I didn't see how they mm-hmm. connected for me mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know, I have a goal. I think I would be a good product manager. And I, I feel strongly about team facilitation and leadership and being able to create space for creatives, you know, like to right. create. Like I didn't have that like nugget in me to say, I'm going to do this and take this program and use it this way to build these skills. No, and it happened. It did, but like it was me like trying to let the chips fall where they may right that was a lot of friction so not it doesn't work for everyone to just be like like that because then it's like did you were you able to take advantage of it Mm -hmm. probably not like I could have taken more advantage if I was clear with where I wanted to go right you said he was more like intentional than it'd be like yeah no I'm not just gonna take every single thing that's coming my way but I'm gonna like map out my roadmap through this experience yeah but there was just so much and actually yeah. so on this though like every time we always ask people about their opinion or get advice about this they are always like oh everyone's so different and that used to make me really frustrated because I'm like okay yeah but just tell me what it was like for you like try to right. like, help me because but it is right. so personal like I would say like in the metaphor of like deal with today and tomorrow like figure out where you are right now today and like what your next step is trying to be. And if something like school can help you get there, sure, go for it. But if your next step is like 
like related to you needing to make money these next two years, don't. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to plan in advance and strategize if that's one of your needs. You know, right? Hmm. I think I do think that you have a, a, a interesting uh, story though, because it it kind of differs from me and Jeremy. Me and Jeremy both went in with the idea of we had an idea. You know, you you came in oh, open and ready to learn, so you treated grad school like how I treat Target. Yeah, yeah. I don't go to Target with a plan. I let Target what I need. Right. And I think that's interesting. Like, because I would have, I would have like been scared to honestly go to grad school, spend that kind of money, not know, but just let it show me in the. Oh, see, you know what? That's how I'll be going through my life, and I haven't come to a conclusion on whether or not it's a good strategy. I just know that that's me. Like I don't know. I don't know. Like right. Like I don't. I don't believe that I can have assurances. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get frustrated when things don't work out like we think we they will or hope mm-hmm. they will. But at the same time, like that's kind of the only thing you can count on. So for me, yeah. I'm just I'm open to see where things take me a lot of the time. There's actually a book where it talked about like help uh, hopelessness. And how the, the book was basically saying you in order to like live an actual happy life, you have to reframe to start being hopeless and start like not looking forward or like expecting things because nothing will turn mm-hmm. out the way that you expect it. Like not like in a everything sucks, like no pessimistic way. Yeah, not like everything everything sucks, but it's more like get your hopes up. You're gonna be upset, like if even the smallest thing is wrong. If you just sort of yeah. see it from the thing of this, like things happen and this could be, you know, I'm just going to let this be. You're probably going to be thoroughly surprised at how things turn out when you don't have that, like, when you're not looking at with that lens for it to be perfect and one yeah. thing. A lot of people, like SP said, like you go to people for advice and stuff because you, because in your mind, you do have a plan, but honestly, everybody situation and everybody's path to where they are is honestly so unorthodox that I could give you the recipe. Mm-hmm. but the sauce ain't gonna taste the same like mm-hmm. at the end of the day I, I, could, I can I give you the regular <laughs> sauce not gonna taste the same you Ooh. might use prego but I use ragu but yes. I didn't tell I you that because I just mine. said pasta sauce for <laughs> <laughs> real like uh uh-uh. uh mm-hmm. because you could do something the same ground, exact way somebody else it. does it but it's gonna turn out completely right. different and that's that's really in career and mm-hmm. life like that's true I could give you the whole blueprint but As Ms. Oprah says, you can be successful. Right. You know, you can you can look good in a certain yeah. avenue. And that's but if on, it's not meant for you, you won't be happy. And that's in that. on a period. You won't be truly successful. No. And I tried to have to move away real quick. Too, too far right. down this road. You know, you circle back All right. Now. So next topic. Treasure, it's your turn. We have, there's no more in school, thank God. <laughs> but we have, I, I intentionally cut out all of the rest of the school. And so I was like, we can get this done in just one. And I'm not trying to go down that. We, we might release that um, unreleasable episode <laughs> 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 to a select few. Anyway, the rest Lord. of the topics are portfolio and branding, values, being a designer, or other. So which one would you like for 200 um i'm interested what's behind value okay so the first question is 
I've often seen that brands can be problematic. Do y'all have any unproblematic faves? And do y'all have any problematic faves? And what keeps you rooting from them for them in secret? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we talk about people as a brand? Yeah, no, because I was I was definitely about to say Chris Brown is <laughs> one of my <laughs> So one of my problematic faves <laughs> is Doja Cat. Oh, she's not a problematic. She's misunderstood. That's what everybody want to be. Everybody want to no, be. No, but that bitch is just weird. <laughs> she's weird, but it does not validate her being in a chat weird, room, bro. a white supremacist chat room. I just, <laughs> I just think she's just weird, like that. Like what? she probably just like I, God. I, I don't know the girl. I'm gonna let you keep on going. I'm gonna let. Yeah, Jeremy, remember back when you know? I think you got me really hip to her, honestly. To, um, to Miss Cat, with that Richard McCow. Go yes. move. <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly after that, some stuff surfaced about some things that she said about the gays, yeah. and you were like, "That's why I'm cool on her, right?" And then I don't know if she ever apologized or whatever, but you know, then you was back feeling her that music. What? That's problematic, <laughs> but her music is good. So let's talk about let's talk about that. Can you separate the people from their like I don't even know. I mean, can you separate the the, the people from their craft? Yeah, from their craft. You know, yeah. I think it's hard. Sometimes I think about actual brands that do this too, like brands that have been you know known to like kill the environment, like other mm-hmm. things like that. But I still buy their goods. Because it's like a necessity, or I feel like there's necessity at some point, but it's making my life a little easier. So I feel like in that vein, it's different to separate yourself from from the brand. But in like other ways, I don't know. I feel like we should just be able to separate a brand from a person's craft when it comes to music. And I understand the other side is like, well, you streaming them or you subscribing to them is like a dollar in their pocket, but that's not the only way to give them power in that way. Mm. I don't know. That's at least that's how I feel. Cause I have several unproblematic music faves like Chris Brown, Michael Jackson, I guess Doja Cat is one. I feel like everyone's getting canceled left and right these days. Yeah. We talked about that. Mm. Like how um, right now I feel like, or like over the course of 2020, there's been no grace. Um, for brands, and it's just been super <laughs> cancel culture. That's why she picked value. No, no I just was interested, interested to see what was behind that that wall. Like, what have people been asking? Um, I don't even think I have a brand though that is not problematic. Like, I can't even think of one top of mind that's like non problematic. Yeah. And that's my. I favorite. feel like all everything has some sort of like dirty laundry. And so yeah. it doesn't matter like what you subscribe to. There is some like something there that doesn't necessarily vibe with all parts of what you believe in and stuff like that. Right. There was one brand that people always talk about as being like mm-hmm. the most like non-problematic brand. I can't think if it's like Patagonia or yeah, something. You, you but that's say Patagonia has a representation problem. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Oh, y'all know y'all know one of my favorite brands that I I rarely hear anything about, and it's because it's a small black owned business. Uh, but Honeypot, they're in mm. Target, and 
those the white folks. They tried to air her bitch. Like they tried to get her out of the store just because she said that mm-hmm. I do this so that another black girl can have it easier to get to my level. Mm-hmm. Not harmless. Harmless as fuck. <laughs> and people tried to ruin her business. Yeah. Honestly, if you talk about problematic and not problematic, I feel like supporting small businesses is the mm-hmm. best way to avoid like any friction there because they're usually like, I mean, you feel good to do it. I think living here in Richmond, that has mm-hmm. made me feel more appreciative of like local owners and things like that. Um, but honestly, it's hard because everyone's canceled left and right. Everyone has said something terrible. Like the other day, actually, I was thinking about Paula Dean. Remember how we canceled Paula Dean? Paula Dean. She was one of the first people that got canceled. Remember? Yeah, y'all know she from deep down. She from deep down in the heart. Paula Dean said some said some hateful things allegedly. She did. She totally did. But I was just sitting there cooking, and I thought about a memory. Of when, before she was canceled, she was cooking with her son in the kitchen and he went to give her some spices, but he was using her hand to measure them out because he's just used to her like cooking like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just a little Christmas special. I'm like, that's so sweet. But oh shit, I can't feel that way. She's canceled. Yeah. Like, I don't, she don't deserve to have any of my family sympathy. I'm like, all right. Like, that was still cute though at the time it was. I mean, sometimes I, I think people take it too far. And where it's mm-hmm. like, there's a fine line between canceling somebody for a good reason and canceling somebody or canceling something because they you just don't agree with it. That's true. Like we can operate, we can have differences of opinion, but that doesn't mean I have to go out and just like block you. Like Treasure was saying, like I wish there was a little bit more grace sometimes and be like, I fucked up. I made I made some, you know, we made some mistakes and this is that and the third. Because if anybody, Pepsi could be a problematic brand when it came up with that mm-hmm. ad with Miss Jenner. Passing that, mm-hmm. passing that um, drink to end all problems in the world. <laughs> they did that one thing, and people would not let them live it down. I'm sure they've done other things, but you know, and it wasn't even Pepsi as a brand. It was whatever agency wrote that commercial. I don't know who did it, but yeah, it shouldn't have gotten through. And and maybe you know, but there has to be grace because they have not let Pepsi live this down. Every time somebody talks about bad advertising. They bring up that. I feel, I feel like that's also part of the thing. And like forgiveness is not akin to, you know, like forgetfulness. And so just because I may forgive you for something doesn't mean I'm ever going to let you right. live that down. But come on. Like every time. That's true. Every time you come to this party, Pepsi, I'm about to clown you about this. <laughs> about this. Because you know you did it one time. Right. Because you know, because you knew you was wrong. You knew you was wrong. <laughs> y'all funny. Y'all funny. All right. Y'all ready for the next question? So SP for 300, do you want portfolio or branding, values, being a designer or other? Other. Other. Okay. Here's a spicy one. Has working in a predominantly white industry made you reconsider how you approach dating and relationship building? Yes, in fact. Um, I used to be the type of girl who was <laughs> I like used to be the type of broad. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be the type of girl who was like ill towards um, people who weren't my skin tone. Mm-hmm. Not like my sister's skin tone, but people who are not people of color. Mm-hmm. And um, now, <laughs> the more I realize that there is a very large disparity there. I don't think that I should continue to avoid interacting and 
trying to connect with people who are not like me, mm-hmm. I think I should try a little bit harder to be more open because I need to understand how to talk to you and how to like, you know, positively motivate and like get things going how I need them to go. Cause I wasn't thinking about it before. And now I feel I need to be a little bit more strategic, but I can't take in that information without trying to do things a little bit differently. There's nothing wrong with all the black people sitting together because it's much more fun that way. But gotta branch out. I have to be well rounded. Oh, section mm-hmm. no more, huh? Right. Yeah, because I just be like, like the jokes be different, like everything be different, like everything just be different, like different, different, try different. I would say in some ways it's like code switching because I feel like when I would talk to y'all at school, it would be a lot different than when I would like go hang out with anybody else. It's just like the mannerisms was different. Even like how we interacted, like how even like of myself I was, was kind of different. And that's translated to like the workplace where now, I don't know, like I'm more prepared to like know the type of fun that they about to have and like the type of jokes is about to crack. And like how to like, yeah, and like how to, right, and how to operate in that space. And that may become like relationship building. I think that is what SP is saying. I like, I agree with you when you're saying a lot about how like learning how to just broaden your horizon. Because I have really been put on to some stuff, like learning how to play darts correctly. You definitely get exposed to different things. You definitely do. And I feel you, SP, when you talk about like um, expanding your horizons, like really being open to, you know, form, forming relationships and forming alliances with people who are not like you. Um, I am the mm-hmm. only Black person in my yeah. office. Uh, the only Black person. I ain't no Black man in there. I am the only... But, you know, I was great. I'm grateful enough to work in an office where the people are just cool people, period. Like, um, we had a conscious conversation situation um, last Friday, me being the only Black person in there. You know, I just, I felt very comfortable in my space. Uh, And that was just me letting my guard down and honestly just being myself around and being vulnerable around people who don't look like me. And that was something I've never done Mm -hmm. before, especially in the space with no other Black people. I was about to say, like, that's really, like, new and, uh, and like, big step for you to just, like, let your guard down and feel like you can be 100%, maybe not 100% yourself, but you could be more of yourself and not have to be so reserved. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? Um, I feel great. Honestly, everything, like, the conversations that we had were so well, like, so well received. Like, everybody was able to share their opinions. Um, even about you know the racial stuff that is happening in the world and it felt Mm -hmm. good to know that I'm a part of a company that has good people and it it was only my office so the Austin office but Mm -hmm. um, I've honestly thoroughly enjoyed the people that I work with. You know guys I do have to put a note on that the footnote in that I also feel it's very very important to yeah. invest in and being ingrained in a mm-hmm. minority community at the same time because that's the only way like there mm-hmm. is positive things that can come out of it but there's also a lot of negatives that will have you like really that's doubting right. yourself and your value and your worth just because of the way right. things small things most of the time but things mm-hmm. that chip away yeah. at your identity in the workplace yeah. so and we have um so we have other offices um and there are in the United States, well, globally, there are 14 Black people um, in our at my company. And we have a group chat. 
Slack thing, but there's not a lot of interaction that goes on. So I do kind of feel isolated at sometimes. I do kind of feel like, damn, there ain't nobody here for me to talk to. But and, and so I do agree that there you need people like you in in your you really do because that's like those are your community those are your people that will understand the nuance and intersectionality like of yeah. your identities converging and will have a bigger understanding um and i might not feel it as much because we're not in the office but i'm sure once we go to the office i will feel that you know that i am not i am the only person here like me yeah yeah honestly and then like like I'm not even trying to be funny, but the people of color usually are like way more dope and talented and like way like hardworking. Like not that other people don't it's work different. hard, but it's just like like you guys were like the best decision I made at school. Like becoming friends with you all, like deciding not to be home all the time. Like that was the only way I was able to get through it. Cause y'all would put me on, y'all would be motivating me, y'all would be like a good example, like that's just something that I, I don't even know that I could have leaned on other people. Like, not because they wouldn't be willing to, but I don't think I would have been able yeah. to put myself out there. You know what? Like, to be like honest, that. it made, like, a large difference in just having us all sort of in, like, because I've never felt that sort of unrequited love. Not unrequited, not unrequited love. That's the wrong word. Yeah, yeah, like like that. that I never felt that's the word that they write, that unrequited unconditional support yeah that unconditional support where it's just like i not only want to see myself achieve but i want to see these six other people like i want to see it go around you know like we were always sharing stuff like making sure everybody was good like it was just like when i say that y'all have become like we literally talk every day <laughs> like and it, and it hasn't yeah. changed so it's just like having that community is super important but I think like you're saying, knowing when to like branch out and leverage other types of relationships and navigate those is I think just a, a good people skill for us, for us, mm-hmm. ev- everyone to sort of like invest time in. Y'all ready to move on to the next question? I, f- I feel like we unpacked that one. We unpacked that one real good. You real aggravating. <laughs> All right. For 300 treasure, portfolio, portfolio and branding values being a designer or other portfolio and branding okay the question is one obstacle among my portfolio building process is that i always find my i always find it is that i always find it hard to express my personalities and show my interesting side to viewers do you have any tips about how to showcase my personality through my work and my portfolio. Mm. Jimmy, I feel like this is a good question for you because your portfolio is definitely very expressive of who you are as a person. I kind of use language to infuse myself into um, my portfolio. So I think just infusing like a little bit of yourself. So I say, hey, hey, all the time. So that was like my headline on my on my portfolio. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever you talk to me, you're gonna hear me say, hey, hey, you know, whenever, whenever I greet people. Um, and then I also just included stuff about myself throughout my portfolio. And then from the work that I do, like the well, the work that I showcase on my portfolio is work that I hold near and dear to me, stuff that I am passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So just making sure that you you have work that showcases, you know, a breadth of different things, but also stuff that you are able to speak to passionately. I think that will help you to um, be able to use language and stuff to like showcase who you are and showcase the things that you like. Yeah. I agree with everything that you said. Like language is super powerful. I remember when I was going through and writing my case studies, I would talk them out. And so that I would talk them out and then I would have Tyrell write down what I said. And then I would go down and like type that back up because then it was just like, I wanted to sound like I was talking to people. And like, this is the way I talk about my projects when you meet me and like my work, why, why does it need to like change in the other way? And so that was something that like really helped me and like nail down how I wanted to. But I think just, I, I mean, when it comes like doing your personality, it's always a, a tricky game, I think, because you, just because you think you have to do it doesn't mean you always have to. Like there are great designers out there that don't necessarily infuse their perf- infuse their personality anywhere. They just want to do the fucking work and like that's keep true. it moving, and that's okay. But I think for others, it just makes sense because, you know, speaking for me specifically, a lot of my identity and personality is infused into my work, and so it's not like I separate the two very well. Like my life, my personal life affects my design life, and they like have this weird relationship with each other. Um, so I think that's just a nuance you have to just make with yourself. It's like, how do I want to show up at work and what do I want to like say for myself at my brand? Um, and I think that, I don't know, I, I feel like that's all it goes into. I always get tripped up with having this question about like a personality, because I also think that I know my personality a lot more than like other people. And I'm like, sort of like fearless in being myself. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't hard to like mm. translate it. Okay. See, but I'm on the opposite end of that same spectrum where I do have mm-hmm. that personality, but I don't necessarily design mm-hmm. that way or show that and don't know how to show that. What you have described is much yes. easier said than done. And I think that's why we get all these questions about it because you have to be very strategic. The only thing I can really say is like, like thinking about how I've, how I've learned how a logo works, where it's like it works mm-hmm. on a lot of different levels. It's a very simple idea, but it's mm-hmm. used in a lot of different ways. That's kind of the same way people are supposed yeah. to be doing portfolios. It's just kind of hard because it's like it really has to be like a simple but elegant thing that you're going for. Like whatever right. is the motif or like if it's a color palette thing that you're accentuating, but there's a lot of choices to be made there. There's a lot yeah. of areas where like, you can be There's a lot of attention, intentionality that went into crafting this because it's, like you said, like, it's a, it's a caricature. It's not necessarily 100% like me or 100% any of us. It's just what we want to put out into the world and say that like, this is a piece of me and this is how I think about design. This is how I think about like my work. And I want to show myself in like this best light. Um, but yeah, I do think it's it's a very tricky game. And we all like, we all have struggled with it. We went through so many revisions, iterations, nights of like not wanting to do shit, maybe not even doing shit, you know, where it's just, you know, it takes time. And I don't think there is any sort of like good answer about how to do that. I think you just have to do it and then get some feedback. And if it work, it work. If it don't work, change it up it ain't it ain't like it. i wouldn't i wouldn't stress uh infusing personality honestly like it's probably like the last thing for some people it'll come naturally because like you said jeremy you are 
you are really in tune with who you are and you you stand in that listen it's okay not to know who you are it's okay to be exploring different Mm -hmm. assets of your personality it's okay to copy someone else's stuff and make it your own okay feel like an artist (laughs) feel like an artist okay (laughs) yeah don't stress that though i would not no all right sp for 400 do you want values being a designer or other first of all how are these points getting established and set up because we all answering and you making up i thought y'all was keeping that no are you making are you keeping count over there we all answering the same question together well no one has said being a designer yet so i'm gonna just pick a question from that bucket Okay, damn. All right. Give me. I'm reading them over right now. Um, do y'all want one about abilities and confidence or um overworking and burnout? Ability okay. and confidence. So the question is sometimes I struggle with being confident in my abilities and feel like I'm never good enough. Have you ever been there? And how can I overcome these demons? Have you ever felt this way? Yeah, and that's First of all, this question comes up so much. I guarantee you, if you are ever sitting in a talk <laughs> or a panel, this question comes up with every professional you will ever see or hear, and they mm-hmm. always gonna answer it the same way. Of course I have. We all do. You know, the thing is that we all are doubting ourselves, but realize that everyone is doubting themselves and no one really knows what they're doing. They're just getting progressively better Mm -hmm. at making it seem like they do. Nothing stays the same. So you really just have to lean into being flexible and kind of just like challenging yourself and find a comfortable spot being uncomfortable and prioritize what is important to you Mm -hmm. and enjoy the work. If you're going to be sacrificing everything like for the work, like find your inspiration and don't like sell yourself short because the confidence thing is what mm-hmm. is going to get you paid. The confidence thing is what gives you all these that's opportunities that's to be able to put yourself that's out That's such a there. cliche answer though, because that's what everybody says, you know, but it's, it's true. It's yeah. No, go ahead. Treasure. You was ready. Mouth was open girl. <laughs> oh, I am the epitome of the most like I'm not gonna say unconfident person but I always question everything and I'm always like damn am I good enough but what I've learned working uh at this company that I work at like SP said don't nobody know what the hell they do everybody making it up mm-hmm. as they go mm-hmm. and so now I just I just be like all right but, all right get it together because you got this you can do it but I will say sometimes it is hard to be confident when others around you are like exuding this type of confidence, almost like arrogant confidence. And if you say like, well, no one knows what they're doing, but yet like there are people that seem to be know what they're doing and they're the ones that are sort of like impressing this thing onto me. It does make me in a way feel like I am, you know, start to doubt my own abilities because there's other people out here who seem to know a way or like have something else around it. Yeah. To that, I say steal like an artist. And if you can borrow something from that person, like if it's the way that they look mm-hmm. people in the eye, if it's the way that they start out an intro or whatever, how they do their email, right. steal that shit. 
make it become you. You will start to be like people be like, oh, mm-hmm. look at the way that they that person, Jeremy, send that file oh. folder over all organized and shit. He must really have it together. <laughs> it really does to real. make you think yeah. that somebody is really knowing what they're doing, but really they they doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one thing I learned too is like mm-hmm. if if a woman walk into the room and you like and she command your attention, you start walking into the room the same way she walk into mm-hmm. the room. When you talk to people, mm-hmm. just repeat back. You don't even have to listen to nothing the that they way. say. But if you repeat back the last three things that they said to you, you can make a person feel like you didn't listen to everything that they said. Right. It's you know, about faking it mm-hmm. till you make it. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. I think. Right. I think something. I think something also helps me with get like moments of like self-doubt is to find one thing that i am proud of like proud about that i've done or like that i think looks good and just like hype the fuck out of myself or send it to somebody who i know is going to be like unequivocally nice about something like to my parents or like you know to a friend who's just always like going to hype you up and it just makes you feel good in that moment and like it sometimes gives me the confidence boost i'm just like yo i really does this shit and i really know what i'm doing and no one can tell me different. Yeah. And even though I'm learning, like I'm I'm meant to be here, you know. You know what though? That affirmation is so crucial. And that's why it's like it's important mm-hmm. to even hype up your friends because that mm-hmm. creates that energy around that you guys are just like, like, you know what? Like I really find you very hardworking. Like mm-hmm. I go out of my way sometimes to mm-hmm. just try to build people up. Cause I've been needing that shit back. Um but I was going to say one more thing, like on you doing something you're proud of or being able to get what you know. I also feel like challenging yourself with something that you know mm-hmm. you're truly good at or like, you know, it makes you really happy because when you accomplish something like that, you're like, huh, not nope. everyone can do this. You know, that must mean that I have something to bring to the table. How about this? So everyone listening, never ask that question again. Ask a better question to someone in your audience. But you know what? But you know what? Like, I think it's good to be like honest with with like the insecurities because I think a lot of people exude this armor that like nothing bad happens, and I'm just like, good, I know what I'm doing. But it's like there's vulnerability in just saying that I really I struggle with my confidence. And like, here's an actual example that isn't just like I was told I had this one little moment, but like there's been days and weeks and like times where we've all sort of just been in this mood where we have not felt like we are good enough to like be in this spot or like, yeah, like we're not making the right decision. Oh, hell yeah. And that will come at you, especially when you're not around your own kind, sucks to say, but it really does take, that's why I said what I said earlier about the importance mm-hmm. of having people like me around me in my circle is because that should be draining. And that's right. where your confidence Boosters. is going. Boosters. All right, SP, it's your turn. Well, oh. I picked the last Is one. It? Well, yeah. You, 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 you. Actually, it was supposed to be for me. And then yeah, no, we said, Jeremy, this one's better for you. No one was picking. And then we all okay, so as, Excuse me. For 300, we have values, being a designer, and other. Okay. Values. What matters more? The brand you work for 
or the company, the brand or the company that you work for? I feel like every day something new is coming up about evil organizations. How does this affect the places you want to work and what goes into your process in, des- in deciding places that you want to work? <laughs> Y'all be stressing out. You know, when I was in undergrad, I felt, and even like looking in high school, people really be stressed now over what major they're going to pick. Have you noticed that? They'd be really, really stressed now. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so here's the thing. You gotta go somewhere. Get get something that that helps you go somewhere you wanna go. You don't need to stress about unless you're gonna go be a doctor or something like that. You don't need to stress about which company you're in right now. Like you don't have to make your plan for how things go because invariably something's gonna happen that makes you change your mind. You could get for your dream company and not want to work there. You know, you could, <laughs> you could, you could feel like um, this is the best way to do something, and you go to a company like it really freaking sucks. Like, and then it's like, okay, so where did your plan go? You know, you might as well do yeah. something that you like. Like, just the opportunity that's good for you is gonna find you. So just be organic about it. And that's just me. Like, I know a lot of our friends are stressing and trying to find jobs and stuff like that. But, like, it's going to come, like, at the exact right time. So don't stress about, like, you trying to do all these things. Because if someone sees you and is like, oh, that'll be good. Let me put them onto that. They'll do it. That's so hard to say, like, wait on it and it'll come. Like, because I think a lot of people, including myself, feel that if I'm not working toward it, it won't come to me. Or if I'm not, like, I have to be diligent in this and I have to like, you know, keep on doing this because if I wait, nothing may not happen. Okay. Well, that's not what I mean. Like, yes, I do have less of an urgency, but it's not because I feel like it's just going to materialize. It's just that like, yes, turn over stones, but like be, be intentional and intuitive about the stones you turn over. You don't want to like be like, just shoveling through everything. Like there's no reason to be doing all of that. I've heard other people come to us and tell us that just focus on three jobs and Mm -hmm. then just be very, 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 I don't know about that. Three seems like not enough, the numbers game. But like, it's very much so like about perspective, being able to adjust your perspective and not putting your value in what you have, like, like, what is your, what do you really value about this? Being employed is what you value so much. Mm -hmm. Being employed by a particular person is what you value in your life. One thing I want to add to that is like, you're not going to work for the same company for the rest of your life. I mean, yeah. And honestly, there's, or, I mean, and you might, you might, if that's what you want to do, but the way the world going, you probably not. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. You're probably not gonna work for the same company your entire life. Um, you always have the opportunity to bounce around. If you do good at the company before, you'll be able to go back. So if that is your dream company, and then something SP said that really kind of struck and really hit home is like right now, the job that I have, I thought was my dream job. I've worked there for a month and realized it ain't your dream job, sis. And so now I don't have a dream job. I'm just working to gain experience. And that's that on that. I mean, going back to the question is like, what does it matter to the brand and our company? I feel like experience is experience, but a, a working for a specific brand on a yeah. specific brand or a specific company, can it can inherently push you. Like it can change your trajectory into where you go into positive or negative ways. 
you know, or or neutral if nothing happens after that. But depending on like what company you work for, like how they're respected in the industry, it could have a lot of weight into like your career trajectory. Of course, of course. So that's not what I mean. If you're going to be a singer, obviously there are certain places you have to like play at if you really trying to be mm-hmm. along your way. Obviously, like if you're trying to become like the CEO of Apple, ultimately, you're going to have to work there at some point, you know? But like, right. you have to be very realistic about like, where are you right now? Like, are you even ready for that opportunity? If that's like, you know, and get ready, get ready for it. It's not about like it having to happen right now. I don't know if it's about, so I don't know if the question is about whether like the timing and stuff happens or whether people should start to base where they want to work at off of their values and what that company is doing. So, for example, if you see a company that's like being shady or not aligning with you, but you may like the work that they're doing or like may may think that they can like help you get to the next spot you wanted to, or you always wanted to work here. How does that affect your process? So it's like when you know all this stuff about the company, but they're doing the work that you want to do. What like how does that meld together? I I still say you're not going to work for the same company your whole life. I think that if it's a place that you've always wanted to work and they got some some issues that they're going through. Uh, so Facebook, for example, lots of people say, don't work at Facebook. It's a terrible company. They Social are, dilemma. They are terrible to people. A million people still work there, though. A million, a million people still getting checks and a million people still getting experience, right? Mm-hmm. If it's something, if you want to work at Facebook and you think that, but maybe I shouldn't work there because everybody else says it's a bad place to work, but it's where you want to work, then go work there. You know, that's, and that's where I'm at. Right. Like I think that your own decisions, especially being, or form your own opinion. Yeah. And especially being, I, and I don't want to just say this because we, we black and, and, and uh, Latinx on this show. I don't want to be like, well, we, we're not given as many opportunities, but in reality, if it's a place like Twitter, if it's a place like Facebook, those those places are held in high regard, especially in the tech industry. Yeah, they mm-hmm. might have some social issues going on within their company, but I would not let that stop me from getting that experience because it could shape you, it could, it could shape your career. If you want to go work at Google, go work at Google. And there's different types of experience, you know, like, the way these teams and stuff is set up, you might be working on another team that has nothing to do with the things that are like harming people. Yeah, you might be one of the cogs like in the machine, but there's a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of different places within the, within a company. Now I will say like, you may, or I've even experienced a time where I've been at almost like a social dilemma where I'm like, does this go against my morals? And will I like continue to work on this thing? because I don't think that necessarily like aligns with it. And that is the like battle that you have to be ready to fight. Because if this, if this is a question that, you know, you're having beforehand about like, oh, this brand is evil and I've seen some things about it. And you could put in that predicament where you have to like come to terms with that. That's something you knew beforehand. Right. That's true. And if you already are having those second thoughts already, then why mm-hmm. you want to work there? You know, it's just yeah. like, it's a matter of your personal so your personal values what and what you can take yeah because a lot of people a lot of people go work at places who has walmart as an account but they hate walmart they hate what walmart stands for you know Mm -hmm. 
and they will absolutely not work on Walmart products. So if I mm-hmm. if I work at such, such and such agency and I get put on a Walmart account and I'm hired for the Walmart account and I don't agree with what Walmart does. I'm gonna have a hard. I'm gonna have a hard ass time. I'm gonna have a hard ass time. But you knew that before like, you went into it, you know? You right. Know? And you gotta like, you know, like pick your battles. And it does <laughs> matter if a company is if a company is out here doing something that you know I don't necessarily like agree with, it might not be a place where I look at to work, but I also will like look at the opportunity cost in it all and sort of say, like, wow, this might get me to to plan Z. <laughs> and I might got to take a little bit of the bad and like, you know, have these tough conversations and be in more predicaments where I feel uncomfortable, but I might have to make other people uncomfortable too, because it might not align with what I'm, what I'm thinking. You man, you never know. Even being, placing yourself in uncomfortable situations causes you right. to grow. Diamonds are made right. of pressure. You can, you can decide if you want to be in the pressure cooker or not. Um, I've learned that when I put myself in uncomfortable situations, that's when I tend to grow the most. So yeah. I continue to put my uncomfortable situations. I think most people would agree with that. Yeah. So, okay. I'll pick this last quote. Let me, let me read them real quick. Okay. Um, one about advertising or one about feedback. Hmm. What, what they want to know about feedback? Like, Listen, I'm going to just get, I don't even want you to answer the question. Ask the question. Feedback. Learn to take it. Learn to give it. That's it. Was that even the question? Feedback is a wonderful thing. Whatever the question could be, it's one of those things that you have to grow. You have to acquire a taste for it. And all your shit will get better if you can consider it from others' point of view. Even if you don't really even agree with them, there's someone out there who does agree with them. So design for that's more information for you to know how to design better cool and as always we're here with the community our place to put you on to things that are going on around the world so i think it's a good let's start with this first so inspiration so let's switch up the community a little bit and let's share some stuff that has been inspiring us to think differently or think whatever. What, what's been inspiring us lately? You know, um, I was trying to figure out what to bring for this. I started talking to Kelsey and I was just asking her what something that inspires her. She sent me like two visual things that she's looking at. I was like, oh, so cool, so cool. But we started getting talking about the idea is like the idea of inspiration and I, mm-hmm. so I had something interesting to share. We will realize that for something to not just be pleasing, but inspiring, you have to have a relationship with the thing to some degree. Yeah. And she was giving me examples of someone who she followed throughout their career and who finally now their work is on the startup for InDesign, like the startup, the startup graphic. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was her name? Jade Purple Brown. Jade, yeah, Jade Purple Brown. That's exactly what it was. And um, we were just talking about it. I'm like, you know, I feel like you have to be in touch with something in yourself in order to be inspired by something as well. And, or the the inspiring thing has to be able to touch you in a way that is very visceral or something that's very important to you. If you like how someone does something all whimsical, it's probably because you also wish that your art could be just like fun and engaging. And you love those moments when, 
your work can be all those things. So that was just a thought on that. Hopefully it was an inspiring thought. <laughs> yeah, so this this exercise, like figuring out what to, to bring for inspiration, kind of, uh, it was kind of hard for me because I'm inspired by a lot of different things. So sometimes right now, like I've been feeling low key, like down and sad. So in order for me to feel inspired and to like get up and be motivated, I've listened to a lot of videos, uh, a YouTube channel by this guy, his name is Terrell Grice. And basically he has like a, a he brings people on to sing different songs to play like the, the word game with songs. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's honestly been inspiring me because y'all know that I like to sing and just listening to like the way different people handle different notes, runs and riffs um, is super inspiring for that, like for that hobby of mine. But as far as art and design goes, I got hip to this thing called designnotes.co uh, and basically it's just like a, a repository of websites like Dribble and Behance, um, they got some cool ones on there. So far, my favorite one is called Mob and Design. And um, basically it'll take your favorite apps and break it down screen by screen so that you can see how it was like put together. For real? Um, yeah, that and I think that's super cool. Like it'll take like the components, each like the, like all the elements to certain screens and like show you the best ones that they've come across. And I think that's super cool and super helpful as for me as a designer trying to get my shops up. And then I, I feel like I got a watch list for y'all. And then I'm also trying to learn how to draw. And something that's super that has been like super inspirational is a uh, tarot cards. I'm really into tarot, um, but the art on the tarot cards is like super dope. And one of our good friends, we had her on the show a couple of weeks ago. Her name is Miosha. She showed me some um, cards that I'm, I think I'm going to go buy because they were super pretty. But my favorite deck right now is called Modern Witch Tarot Deck. And it's like, they're super dope. It's all women on the cards. And they're like, they're just dope. And hmm. the way that they're they're drawn is just super pretty, super inspirational. And I think that I'm going to get into that more. You know, one of our friends made their own card deck. Yes, Miss Tika. Mm-hmm. Tia, Tika made her own card deck. And I, I think that it really allowed her to like connect with that part of her identity. And like, cause she made it in, in um, yeah, she made it like to, to match her, um, her nationality and where she was from, like all their history and culture and things like that. And then, uh, you know, she really was able to hone in and something like or something and something she really appreciated doing yeah those illustrations were really cool but those weren't tarot yeah. cards those were playing cards just yeah yeah, yeah yeah she made playing card deck and it's, yeah uh, her card deck is super beautiful um yeah i also <laughs> i also am like super into photography and one of my close friends he's like a super dope photographer his name is emmanuel perquin um his work is just amazing um and so that's also been inspirational seeing him grow as a photographer and also being able to see like some of the work that he's done and how it like exists in the world now so yeah that's where I draw my inspiration you guys did you see that Netflix is releasing a Selena series yes I used to fuck up this. Don't do. 
that Selena movie with J Lo, yeah. I used to fuck that up. I used to watch it front to back. Okay. She died in 1995. Jeremy, she was probably gone before you were born at the tender age of 23. And that's what I'm saying. Even if you don't get to reach the success that you think that you should have, there's no telling how the world will be inspired by you even after you're gone. And I found out today that that album that's so popular of hers with Kamala Floor and like Dreaming of You, like all of those songs that were in the movie, that became a posthumous success. So like it, they released it after she died and everything. Like, and that's where it's just very, like it's a kind of morbid, but it's very inspiring to me to think that people can continue to retell your story and adapt your story. And like you, the idea is simple, elegant and repeatable, you know? Right. I mean, it's not always, it's not always what you do in this lifetime. It's like, kind of like how you remember it yeah. for what you did. Y'all, I'm, I'm nervous about this series though. I'm so nervous because my, it does look good. It looks great. Actually, I'm not even going to be a hater. I just tweeted that like, I'm not going to hate. I'm going to watch it because it does look good. But for a long time in my childhood, J-Lo played that role so well. I thought that she really was Selena. So I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> same, 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 same. Yeah, I didn't know any different. This girl who they have for her doesn't seem to look like her, but then they kept choosing shots where she did, but she really doesn't. So she definitely doesn't look like J-Lo. You know, I think when it comes to, like, inspiration, I'm inspired by, like, a lot of things that don't necessarily relate to anything I do at work. I just think, um, I think when, when SP was saying a lot about, like, there's things that please you and there's things that actually, like, inspire you and change the way that you think for a little bit or, like, you know, d- does whatever. And something that's actually been, like, on my mind a lot, and this is not weird for me to purchase, but maybe weird for anybody else my age to purchase. Um, but Nintendo made a Lego Super Mario kit, right? And it has this, it has this Lego that is shaped like Mario. He's a lot bigger than like the regular size one, right? But it has a little like computer chip inside of it. So when you put batteries on it, it interacts with the Legos and it knows what it's standing on. So for example, if you're on fire, he like lights up different colors and he like collects coins as you go through the level. So the whole premise is you build up different levels, turn them on and then like run him through the levels if you're playing an actual game. And it does all these cool, like cool little things. Um, but that's been on my mind a lot and has inspired me to like rethink what play actually is and like what, and like in what modes you can be playing. Um, because I think for a lot of us, we saw like video games could only exist as a video game, but this sort of like has broken the wall in between that. And it's just, I don't know, it's just something cool that I think about just like, what are other ways that sort of like digital experiences can live in the physical world? And it may not always look the way that we think that it does. Yeah, I saw that um, on your story and I was like, oh, that's super cool. I love Legos. Um I used to have like this limited edition set of Legos back in the day. But I, I mean, like you said, I wouldn't buy them now. But I do have nephews that that could be super cool for. Can you see me? Oh my God, I'll be buying, I'll be buying stuff for myself. <laughs> you know what's not you know what's not inspiring me though? All today I've been trying to get Ivy Park and 
I have not had success. I literally, like, right when it dropped, I hit pay now and my shit said sold out. Anyway, we're going to wrap up this episode so that we can get to buying our Ivy Park and stuff like that. But do we have any actual um, community this week? I know y'all had one that y'all wanted to bring to the table and put everybody on to before we wrap up. But that all that stuff was like really inspiring. I think it's good to see like what inspires y'all because as y'all know, I like to send rant. I, I come across shit all the time and I just will like send it out. So now I have more feelers to know what folks like and can distribute it to my, to my people. So Treasure and I are alumni of the Multicultural Advertising Internship Program, MAPE, which is uh, an intern fellowship, internship and fellowship uh, through the four A's, which is a trade organization in advertising. And I went last summer, Treasure went the summer before, and I wish I had gone the summer before and been able to do it twice. It was a very rewarding experience for me. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be virtual next year, probably still. But as part of the inaugural virtual class, it worked out quite well for me. Um, The applications are up for the next two weeks. So you have two weeks to get your materials in order. You need to get a few letters of recommendation and there's like an essay. So I would really, really encourage you to put the time aside to do that. Um, Treasure, maybe you can talk a little bit about what people can get out of this experience. Cause I know there's just a lot of activities and events and stuff. I don't wanna (laughs) do it injustice. (laughs) Yeah, so my experience, like like SB said, was completely different from how it is now or how it is in the COVID world. Um, so I, I'm not sure about the the virtual uh, make uh, program, but the in person program was super dope. I got to meet some super talented um, people. I lived in Chicago. They paid for my housing and transportation to Chicago to and then to New York for any week long event called the Face of Talent. Um, but while I was in Chicago, I think it was 10 or 12 weeks, um, I worked at FCB Chicago because that's the agency that picked me to be their mate fellow. Um, and then in that process, we also had like mate labs where we would go to different agencies around the city. Um, every Wednesday, they would feed us um, and we would learn just some some super dope stuff from from um, agencies like or they would tell us about the work that they do. I got to learn a lot about like programmatic marketing. I got to learn about like influencer marketing and and like tons of stuff that I would have never had any interest in learning on my own. So I think that was one of the perks of MAPE. And then Face of Talent was a week long event where we lived in New York for a week and got to attend like different talks, different um, like community service events, and then the actual award show and what is it? recruiter like a recruiter fair where they were like giving people jobs and actually one of my friends got a job that same that week of face of talent and so we got to celebrate her getting a job and moving to new york all within the last week of may and it it was wonderful it was fun you get to meet like so many people and network across and i think that's like the most important thing yeah when you say talented people i would say the students around me were very talented and i remember being impressed like, cause they weren't even at the graduate level, most of them, they were in undergrad and just so creative and very hardworking. And I realized for everyone being minorities, there is certain things that we all hold in similar regard. So that like the attitudes there were like really, really like there to make the most out of the experience. 
And um, all of the things that were available to us, like that Treasure just mentioned, still happened. It was just virtual. So we still got all of the big agencies coming in to talk to us. We still got like big names coming in to even talk to us about like, or just our career and our feelings and how we can move forward, you know, being minorities. Like we just talked about like real shit, like mental health, stress in the workplace. And I don't think I realized how much I was missing that type of investment. Like every single person who came through was talking about like rising and climbing. And that was very much so the attitude of the family that they have kind of created. That network is like amazing to have. So I would def I can't recommend enough um, people of color who are interested in advertising business, the whole gamut. You learn a lot and you see a lot. It's a very big leg up. Yes, definitely. And when you talk about that network, that network goes back far okay mm-hmm. like far and if you tell somebody who was made class in 1980 okay, <laughs> part of make they're gonna take you under their wing Let that's me just- why mark's still coming to yell at us every so often yep. and the people when i say the people that i in, like i lived with i think it was like 27 of us and we all lived on the same floor like i gained family um people i still talk to to the day to this day um even people that i didn't like that I didn't um, intern with or didn't live in Chicago. So I like LA Mapers, I talked to them, uh, p- people who uh, made in Atlanta, people who were Mapers all over the world, like on this, all over the United States rather. I still talk to these people and it is wonderful. It's like a family that you, you, you really get a great, ex- it's really a great experience. Well, yeah, that's our little plug on MAPE, so. Go ahead. I know y'all been riding and dying for this for about 10 minutes. Listen, <laughs> we had to, we had to give it its just due. 10 whole 10 because whole the thing is, is okay. The thing is, you might run across a flyer and not understand how important what, what an opportunity it is. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's just important to like let people know. And there you have it, you all. That wraps up today's episode. Q and A, we oh wait, do do we have a word for today? Oh, we had so many. Did we did? You said something, and then oh, you said unrequited. Unrequited. What does unrequited mean? It's not reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Okay, the word of the day is unrequited. All right, y'all. It's been real. I hope y'all got some well um, needed advice and i hope we answered our y'all questions to the best of our ability it's been it's been real like it's, it's this has been a fun or interesting episode because uh, i got some advice i hope y'all got some and i hope people send more questions in you can do that at just us.podcast dm us and we'll include your questions in the next q a episode i'm also excited for next week we have special guests again in the studio. We won't reveal who just yet, but the other next thing, but that's, you said what? It's iced tea. I, Stop it. <laughs> anyway, any, anyway, uh, the election's coming up and we also have done an episode on voting and the suppression of voting systems and all that stuff. So if you're interested, which probably nobody is at this point because I'm fucking tired of it. But we kind of unpacked why voting is a fucking sham and why it is a problem. 
and why it is a problem and how they don't want you to succeed at all. But anyway, from a technology standpoint. <laughs> um, but also, if you're looking back in the archive today, we talked a little bit about branding and identity. And we did recently tape an episode called The Tale of Two Identities, I believe, where we talk a little bit about our the way we show up and how we purport ourselves professionally and how we conduct ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And that's a wrap. Cut, edit, quick. Scene. Peace. <laughs>